This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, into the 9 o'clock hour we go. Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, the um, BetOnline.ag put out Super Bowl odds yesterday for next year. Um, I think they're looking at the Texans a little more realistically than the ones we saw come out last Ooh. week. And I forget. Ooh. I forget. Well, you remember the ones we looked at last week, Seth? They had the Texans at twenty to one and eighth on the list. Yeah. Um, and I think it was the eighth, probably that that part of it that felt maybe like okay, we're maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves. Um, even though they were one of the final eight teams standing this year, so you know maybe maybe I'm off base. This particular set of odds had the Texans at 25 to one, so not drastically different, and they had them at 13th, tied for 13th in the league, a little closer to the middle of the pack. And I, that's where I am right until I see what this offseason looks like and yeah. how they replace all these free agents um, and and how they you know via the draft and, and free agency itself. Yeah. Um, that I, I need to wait and see how that goes first. I, you know where I am though with it, Sean. Um, I, if you take at it, if you look at it as the teams that are remaining in the playoffs right now, we know that not everybody that makes the playoffs obviously makes it back to the playoffs. But I think if you generally look at, like, if I were to start maybe with the Buccaneers, like, okay, I feel like that. Uh, the like, let's call them the twelfth favorite just because they made the playoffs. I, I think the Texans will have a better shot than them. Um, the Steelers. Until they find a quarterback, I just don't know. Uh, the Browns, that's a, uh, hmm. Browns are an interesting one. I'm not, I would probably put them, boy, I don't know. Right now, they might be even with the Texans. The Rams, the Dolphins, the Packers. I feel like that, I don't know. I could, I could make a case for like sixth or seventh or so best odds to, to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I would put all those teams as either below or right at the Texans level. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I guess one thought is like, okay, who are the teams that didn't make the playoffs this year yeah. that we feel like, okay, well, it, something bad happened to them. You know, like Cincinnati comes to mind immediately. Like, yeah, they lost Joe Burrow halfway through the season. Like, they're, if Joe Burrow's healthy, big if, by the way. Like, he's only been healthy two of his four seasons in the league so far. But if Joe Burrow's healthy, that's probably one of the five or six best teams in football, right? The the Bengals are up there, up there, you know. I, pro, even though the Texans beat them this year, I think the odds makers are going to look at Joe Burrow and Cincinnati as a more complete team going into the season than the when, Texans. When, which point? Yeah, you don't remember which game he got hurt in, do you? It was right yeah. after the – well, it was, it was shortly after the Texans game. The Texans, yeah, the Texans yeah. played them in week 10, and it might have been the very next week he got hurt. Uh, week eleven or twelve, thereabouts. Yeah, I want to say it was the Ra- against the Ravens the next week. Yeah, yeah, yep. I mean, at that point, they were four and five after playing the Texans. You know, it's not like they'd been just just dominating people or anything um, in that game or leading up to that point. Yeah. So, and the Texans beat them with Joe Burrow. I, I yeah, I I don't know. I think the biggest thing that 
like we as Texans fans might be guilty of is actually forgetting just what a difference maker Tank Dell is to that offense mm-hmm. and for CJ Stroud. That's a part that I um I like I'm trying to be honest with myself. Like am I actually kind of more pessimistic about next year than I should be because I'm forgetting about Tank Dell. Cuz the Texans the Texans face theoretically a tougher schedule. At the very least they're going to be face a tougher slate of quarterbacks. And um, and usually that stays pretty consistent. Good quarterbacks are good quarterbacks year to year. And uh, but so the level of difficulty gets tougher. You're playing the division winners, all of that. But the the return of Tank Dell makes me. I, I, I keep reminding myself that's a big, big difference. Yeah, that's it's way up there. I would say without having the list of injuries in front of me, I think you'd have a hard time finding a slew of injuries that non quarterback. It impacted yeah. a team more than losing Tank Dell impacted the Texans. It's it's funny, Seth. They put out. Um, somebody put an 18-minute cut-up together this weekend of all of CJ, most of C.J. Stroud's th- really good throws from the season. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to have a quarterback where it takes 18 minutes to do that. Um, there were a lot of them. And it was really interesting. It's on my Twitter timeline from Saturday or Sunday if you want to go find it. Um, it it's, it's actually, if you're a Texan fan, it's 18 minutes well spent because it's, you really do like get to enjoy, like, oh, my God, this guy's our quarterback. But there were a couple interesting things about this video. It was all TV cut up. So what was really funny was the first few weeks of, of highlights are all like Spiro Didis, Chris oh, Myers yeah, from yeah. Fox, um, Andrew Catalan. Yeah. And then by like midway through the season, it's like, oh, Ian Eagle makes an appearance. Kevin Harlan is doing the games. That part was very funny. But the other thing that you notice that's not quite as funny is <laughs> – and I know Tank Dell got hurt in week 13, so it's he was here for a majority of the season. But of the 18 minutes, like 16 of the 18 minutes were during the Tank Dell era. Yeah, <laughs> and there's yeah. very few highlights after the Denver game. You know, there's yeah. there's practically nothing from the Jets game. Um, CJ didn't play in the Titans and then the Browns game. There's there's really not much from the win over the Titans, the twenty six to three win, because that was just a very methodical sort of workmanlike win. And then really the you know the, the a couple throws from the Colts game, um, but that's what you notice. Like holy crap, these Tank Dell, CJ Stroud plays are yeah incredible. It, they're incredible, and it also just it it added an explosiveness to the offense. Um, that's, it's just, it's hard to get that level of explosiveness in the NFL. And I think that even with that speed though, when you lose tank Dell, what what really started to stick out was, man, you also don't have speed, like genuine speed or athleticism. Well, at the tight end position, other than, I mean, you have Brevin Jordan, but Brevin's not a complete tight end. Like if you had a prototype type tight end, then that would make a big difference. Then you'd be able to, then you'd be more well-rounded. And then a rushing attack, like explosivity in the rushing game. Can you, can you actually hurt teams with your run game? Can you break out a 50 yard run or something? I would sacrifice a a lot of the, quite a few explosive passes if you could also have the danger and threat of explosive runs. No doubt. Um, that's, the part that, that's the part that's tough, and it's dicey to, to maybe bank too much on Tank Dell when y- you've seen what happens. You see all what happened to him this year, and you lost him, and like, okay, was that a fluke situation? Is Bobby Slowick not going to have him in that situation again? Is it, did his size have anything to do at all with a, a large man falling on his leg and yeah. breaking? It's impossible to say. Um, but like that, my natural reaction is when you see a tiny guy break his leg with a big guy falling on top of him, 
I, it's hard not to think that size had something to do with it. Well, and to that end, they need to go into next season with better solutions, non-Nico and non-Tank at wide receiver than older guys, older journeymen like Noah Brown and yeah, Robert Woods yeah, and yeah. counting on John Mechie and Xavier Hutchinson. Like they, They've right. got to find a better, more durable solution as a third and maybe even a fourth wide receiver. Too. Like guys that are, right, guys that are scary in some regard, you know, like either they're fast or they're big or whatever it might be. They maybe are, they're your third or fourth option, but you can use them in specific instances where they can hurt a defense. Yes. And, you know, in, in compliment to Tank Dell and Nico Collins, all of that. The other part, too, is I wonder with Tank Dell, I, like I still... I'm curious whether on that goal line play where he got injured, whether he was actually supposed to be searching for work where he was. You know, it was, he kind of, he went to go block the same guy that Nico Collins was blocking, and then Nico had the dude. So, so Tank ended up going like underneath and around Nico to get further inside there. Yeah. I, I'm doubtful that the play was designed that way. Yeah. So I, I hopefully, I know, look, Tank Dell really needs to know and understand that we, we know he's tougher than his than people might assume based on his size, okay? Like you're you're plenty tough, man. You don't need to prove anything to anybody. We you're believe a badass, you. okay? We believe uh, yeah. you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You don't please, please don't try to prove it to us. We the, know you are. These are the seven teams on the odds board that are inhabiting the same space the Texans did a year ago, i.e. the bottom. Mm. There are six teams tied at a hundred to one, and then Carolina is at the bottom at 150 to one. Here are the teams. How embarrassing. Here are the teams. Well, and this, this is the question. Of these teams that I'm about to read, which one could be the Texans of 2024? You know, where they're bottom of the league heading into the year, and then it turns out they're, they're, you know, they're pretty freaking competitive. Yeah. Uh, these are the six teams that are 100 to one. Denver, New England, New Orleans, the Giants, the Titans, Washington, and then Carolina's 150 to one. So those are the bottom seven. I think Washington's the one that could be a, a surprise to people. Um, you know, offensively, they they had you know, it was weird. They compile they they amassed yardage without necessarily amassing points and everything else that goes along with it. But they were able to do a lot of things. Um, and I think they still have the the bones and the infrastructure of a team that could be more quickly remedied. They've kind of they've just flown under the radar, you know, like the Texans had for years um, for various reasons. I, the other one. New England, New England, just because they have they have a really good defense, and Gerard Mayo claims that they're going to go out and spend in free agency. Um, I don't know. That's uh, you know that's a that's an easy promise to make until the owner, who's not known as like the most free spending guy in the world, decides to to, to pull in the reins on you. But I, I guess I wouldn't sleep on New England, and then um, Denver. I don't. I, Denver. I have no clue. I have no clue about Denver. Yeah, I don't. I just think Russell Wilson, if, if the marriage is still Russell Wilson, and well, it's not going to be Russell Wilson. They, he's going to get cut. So yeah. I, have to, I have to wait and see what the solution is at quarterback for Denver. Um, but New England and Washington were the two I thought of, Seth. And, and I was getting, in my mind, I'm getting like super specific. Like, okay, which one can be the Texans? Texans had a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. And these are two teams that are going to have probably, we know New England has a first-time head coach. By the way, a former linebacker former Pro Bowl linebacker, like D'Amico, who played for the team that he's coaching, New England, um, like D'Amico did. And they've got the third pick in the draft. You know, we just said in headlines an hour or so ago, Mac Jones is not going to get his fifth-year option, which means they're probably moving on from Mac Jones. Yeah, And there might be a quarterback at three that they like. Similarly, Washington is 
probably going to hire a first-time head coach, it looks like. Who knows? Maybe even Bobby Slowick. And I would expect them to draft a quarterback with the second overall pick. That would be my bet right now. Maybe they don't. Maybe they draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and roll with Sam Howell for another year. Who knows? But I think those are two teams that are going to have rookie quarterbacks, rookie head coaches, and especially New England. Like, New England's got way more on the defensive side of the ball right now than the Texans did coming into this season. That's mm-hmm. a good defense in New England. I mean, they played really well right. at times this past yeah, year. Yeah, no, they were, they, they, they've got um, – they, wait, they retained uh, baby Belichick there, right, too? So, Drod Mayo was, uh, you know, Drod yeah, Mayo's still Mayo's there. Mayo's good friends with him. Yeah, so I would yeah, and they're like, and the word out of New England is that like, okay, this isn't just sheer nepotism. The kid, the kid actually, he can coach. Kid, he's probably like thirty-eight yet by now, right? He's got um, a mullet, but, so he he stays young. <laughs> yeah, I know, but even the mullet isn't like the mullet's been back for long enough now that guys in their thirties have mullets. So yeah. I don't know exactly how old he is, but yeah. um, I don't know. And then there's always a part of me that just always wanted the Saints. The Saints are perpetually a team that you look at and you're like, well. They look at, I mean, some of the personnel they have is pretty damn good. Like, I actually, yeah. I, in terms of width and depth of their wide receiving core, uh, it, and, and like the wild card that is Derek Carr and Kamara and everything else that goes along with it, if they get the right offensive coordinator plugging in there and the guys on defense play up to their ability and they're in that division, that, yeah, I think that the, the Saints could make a push that. Either nobody expects or everybody expects. I can never figure out the same. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're, the odds makers expect them to suck really bad this year. They've got them with the Titans and the Giants I, and I the know, Commanders. But, but, in it, but if you look at their roster and you look at just their depth chart, it's not it's not horrendous. No, like, there are other teams out there that don't have nearly the talent that they do. I agree. So I just like, is it just a matter of is it just a matter of getting the, having a new offensive coordinator and having Dennis Allen tweak a few things? Yeah, and then also being the NFC South. I just. Uh, and yet, and yet, they haven't made that push since Peyton left. No, nope. even despite all those things being, I would feel like you could say that about the roster every year uh, over the past couple of years. Yes, yeah, they've got talent. Um, okay, uh, Seth had said in the previous segment we were talking about Doritos, and you mentioned the green dust getting underneath people's fingernails when it's yeah. Actually, I made a mistake. You made yeah, a I was mistake. thinking about orange dust, and I said green dust. You said green, yeah. but somebody's got your back. They said Doritos did have a salsa verde flavor for a while. Looking out for you, big dog. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's exactly good. what I was thinking there. Okay. Yeah, the salsa verde. Verde. <laughs> um, we've got somebody texting in about the Bryce Young Cheetos commercial, which launched our Doritos talk. Um, one more time because it's short. Here's the commercial in question. Did he? Did Bryce? Did CJ? C.J. Stroud, yeah. Did I say Bryce Young? Yeah, sorry, yeah, C.J. Okay. Stroud. Did C.J. Stroud take a shot at Bryce Young in this commercial? Somebody's out of Buffalo Wings. Number two NFL draft picks, C.J. Stroud? And the second best Buffalo thing. Second best is the best. Okay, second best is the best. Is that a shot at, at, at Bryce Young by C.J. Stroud? Text message. <laughs> it's the other guy in the commercial, commercial taking a shot at Bryce Young. Because if you listen... CJ says the second best Buffalo thing. He's staying true to his humble self and letting everyone else decide. Yeah, that's a that's a valid point by the uh, listener. That's like, a valid point. I like that we have listeners that are breaking down this commercial like it's yes. a Shakespeare play or something like yeah. that. This is uh, the it's the other dude who does a good job in this commercial who is saying that second best is the best. Yes. I, I like that it's also got a little bit of a Ricky Bobby flair to it, too. It's almost like uh, in defiance of Ricky Bobby saying second best. No, second place doesn't last. Second place, in fact, is in, the best. in some respects, is the best. Yeah. Now, now again, I'll, I'll point out, um, 
CJ did wink at the camera after that guy said second best is the best. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, she can interpret to, that any number of ways, I suppose. Yeah, that's just him just being friendly. feeling good that he just gave you a tip to go try these Cheetos. Yeah. Buffalo got, chicken wing flavored Cheetos? I believe so, yes. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. I'm not sure I'm crazy about that concept. I like the, my, the only thing I like my uh, to be flavored like meat for me is, is actual meat. Mm. I don't like adding meat flavor to things. It's, uh, you, know what I had, you know what I had was an Impossible Burger the other day? Yeah, they're not bad. Well, this is the problem, though. I actually, I was kind of pleasantly surprised that it, it has the texture and everything yeah. that you'd expect. Like, I w- if, if somebody were to give it to me and I didn't, didn't say anything about it, I wouldn't have thought, what is this, a veggie burger? Right. And yet, whatever they do to give it a bit of a meat flavor, that was the part that was off-putting to me. Yeah. It was almost a little too accurate while knowing that it's not actually beef that bothered me. If it were just, if it tasted a little bit more like a veggie burger, I might actually like it. They're pretty good. that's not what they're going for. But right, yeah. right. I, I Like, generally speaking, though, they're not, I mean, they're not, like, my first choice, but we, Amy and I bought them and thrown them in the freezer before and yeah. eat them. They're not bad. They're not oh, bad. Oh, yeah, I got no objections to, like, I'm a, I'm a carnivore, don't get me wrong. For but sure. I'll eat a veggie burger. I just, when I look at the Impossible Burger, it's a little bit too, uh, it feels a little too, like, processed and manufactured. A little you bit. You know? Versus like, oh no, give me some, give me some bean concoction that a hippie made for me. I don't perfectly know, yeah. shaped. Yeah, it's yeah, perfectly yeah. shaped to where the edges are almost like ninety degrees on each part. Yeah. Of it. You know, it needs to. But feel it was it. But I did. Uh, otherwise, up. I liked it. I yeah. just didn't like exactly. It was almost a little too close to the the real deal. Six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. All right, um, coaching stuff we got to get to. There's some important coaching stuff going on yesterday and today that has to do with the Texans. And what do we make? Of Bill Belichick. Boy, Ryan Clark went in on Bill Belichick over the weekend. We've got that for you coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Oh, someone points out Super Bowl 59, the perfect storyline for D'Amico Ryans and the Texans. Yeah. That's next year, Super Bowl 59, matching D'Amico's jersey number. Yeah, I like that. like that little uh, that little wrinkle. Um, what is it? Uh, Super Bowl 59 is next year, so oh, the texter oh, said that would yeah. be perfect for D'Amico and the Texans. 
Super Bowl yeah. 59. Yeah, I like that. Miko and his uh, hijacking the number 59 back from his left guard, Kenyon Green. Kenyon Green. The, uh, <laughs> Whitney Merciless before him, the very, yes. The very awkward uh, Whitney. <laughs> Can you imagine Kenyon Green gets cut in training camp and D'Amico steps up to the podium that day? They're like, so how, why did it not work out with Kenyon Green? Like he wouldn't give up the number 59. Dude, I tried to buy it back from him. His price was too high, so I cut him. <laughs> I cut his ass. <laughs> That's great. Um, not to, what, if stood up, what if D'Amico got up to the podium wearing his jersey from then on? From that point forward, like he he goes baseball manager and he's wearing his he's wearing his uniform on the sideline. He goes, "We're back." <laughs> D'Amico could get away with it. He Good. does. He looks more. He looks as much like a player now as he did when he was a player. Hell yeah! Because he, he probably he might be leaner now. Yeah. Because he doesn't have to worry about carrying maybe a little extra. You know, just to, for the. For, for, for the durability's people. sake, yeah. yeah. Yep. And he's also, he's working the coach's hours where as long as you can stay away from the junk food, you can actually get pretty damn gaunt working as a coach. True. You just got to stay away from the, stay away from the snacks, yeah. kids. And uh, you'll you'll get that heroin chic Boy. physique that every coach In wants. In a building where I'm guessing there's unlimited snacks, I would think, right? That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they're healthy snacks, but you know how that goes. Sure. You can OD on healthy yeah, snacks. Yeah, they've got it's calories. Not, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it looks like Bill Belichick is going to get snubbed this coaching cycle. So the question is, what happens in 2025? Before we get to that, Ryan Clark of ESPN, um, he seems to think that, forget if it's 2024, 2025, or 2020 anything, Bill Belichick's time is up. Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien to some extent in Houston. We've seen all of these people leave and nobody's successful. So now all of a sudden we want to go back to that or are we going to assess the current head coaching climate? What coaches go to teams and do well? Mike McDaniels, he did a good job. Bill Belichick ain't like him. Sean McVay, he did a great job. Bill Belichick ain't like him. Matt LaFleur now moving on from Aaron Rodgers and getting to make the team his team. Bill Belichick ain't like him. Dan Campbell, Bill Belichick isn't like him. And does any of us think that when you sit and have a meeting with Bill Belichick, you are wowed by his personality and his ability to connect? So if it's just not that you're worried about history or that you're worried about resume or that you're trophy case watching, he ain't the dude. And I think that the day it happened, Adam Schefter said that the Atlanta Falcons could be players for Bill Belichick, which said to me it was Bill Belichick's job to lose. Well, guess what? He lost it. Okay. So Ryan Clark, <laughs> demonstrably not a Bill Belichick guy. Yeah, I would okay. There's a couple of – I agree with some of it. I disagree with some, some other parts. For one, I don't think that you can really use the Belichick tree – uh, and include Belichick himself on that tree. I like. I, th- I think they're two separate things. That hey, look, Belichick's Belichick's for whatever reason, Belichick's assistant coaches don't seem to make very good head coaches in general. Uh, whether it's because it's the type of guy that he hires, like a Joe Judge personality or a Matt Patricia personality or whatever else it might be, um, or if it's because of some way that he trains them or something that they don't go on to be good head coaches. Who knows? There's that. I, I also I get really I get nervous if you try to start to find common themes amongst successful head coaches because the, the fact of the matter is there are very very few genuinely successful head coaches they're outliers so it's the same as if you start trying to act like NFL quarterbacks 
you know, like no good quarterbacks come from certain colleges because because of whatever reason. The fact of the matter is they're an outlier. There's very, very few good quarterbacks in general. So, yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to where they come from. I wonder, though, the one thing that rings true with that is if you look at a Belichickian personality, like how many of those types of guys exist anymore in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Where it used to be like, I played for Tom Coughlin. He was a, a grumpy old dude, you know, and he was out of that Parcells tree. But it wasn't like it was that crazy by by coaching standards or by NFL coach standards. There were a lot of old school grumpy dudes back in the day. I don't, I don't know how many more there are really, you know, like Schottenheimer is not from the Parcells tree, but Schottenheimer is an old school grumpy dude. Yeah. I, yeah. So I don't, if that's what Ryan Clark is pointing out that you need somebody that can relate to Gen Z and uh, some of the younger millennials or whatever, I, like, is that, is that, is that a requirement? Is it a job requirement right now? Yeah. I, I don't know that it is. I was thinking the same thing, Seth, like, yeah, you're rattling off all the guys who have that type of personality and are younger guys. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's plenty of code, like Sean McDermott's been very successful in Buffalo. Like, I don't think of him as one of the guys that Ryan Clark is putting into a bucket. Hell, Tyler Dunn yeah, not like a, did a three-part three yeah. series on what a jerk the guy is behind the scenes sometimes. He's not you know? wearing Yeezys like Kyle Shanahan or whatever, you know? Like, it, it's, um, the other guy, too, I like Tomlin. Tomlin's Tomlin. not a, Tomlin's like a pretty gruff guy. And his players, I feel like Tomlin's, Players like him not because he pals around with him or anything, but because they respect him. Yeah. So I feel like Tomlin's old school in a lot of regards. Now, look, Ryan Clark obviously knows Mike Tomlin pretty well, so yeah. he might he might really really disagree with that. That uh, putting him and Belichick in the same bucket. Yep. Um. So uh, so we'll see what happens with Belichick next year. There were um, there was a piece that listed on the Athletic the the teams that could be interested in Belichick next year, seemingly in some order of likelihood. Because at the very bottom was the New York Jets of these nine teams, which it would be, you know, the, Bel- Belichick jilted the Jets back in the day. For those who don't remember, he was the coach for like a day and then quit to go to the New England Patriots. Um, Dallas, the Giants. Stop when you get to one that, that you find intriguing here, well, Seth. I, look, the, the Giants make sense just because of his history with the yeah. Giants and whatever emotional attachments he would have to that. Like he does have a sentimental side to him. It seems that people might not expect. Um, And then just the, I mean, he's got ties to the owners there. And I think they, I think they, I think there's a lot of mutual respect between him and the Giants. And I'm assuming that people are looking at the, the, the the writer of this article is looking at these jobs as ones that have a fair likelihood of being open next year. Um, Yeah. uh, The Giants, Cleveland, which would be another place he's got history. He was the head coach there back in unfinished business, unfinished business in the mid 90s. Yes. Yes. Um, Chicago, if they move on from Matt Eberflus. Um, that would be a risky one, I think. If you're drafting Caleb Williams and you fire Matt Eberflus and then bring in another defensive head coach, I would think at yeah. that point, like you're pro- there's probably some, there's you're probably going to be a mind in Chicago to go to the other I, side of the ball for your head coach. You know, the only thing I wonder is that honestly, there is what is it about Josh McDaniels that perhaps just is that he's best as an offensive coordinator. I mean, Mac Jones, Mac Jones looked really good under Josh McDaniels when Josh McDaniels was working for Bill Belichick. And I'm like, I'm open to that being just the scenario that works for both Belichick and McDaniels. If you're going to try to rehash anything from new England, I would say, all right, look, those two together when, um, both Matt Castle had his year 
And then when Mac Jones had his very promising rookie year, that was with Belichick as a head coach and Josh McDaniels as an offensive coordinator. Do you know the Matt Cass? I don't like to invoke the Matt Castle year too much because a couple years later, Todd Haley had almost the identical season with Matt Castle. Yes. So it's not as simple as like, oh, wow, you won, an, you won 10, 11 games with Matt Castle, huh? Incredible. Like, oh, well, Todd Haley did it. So. Yeah, yeah, in Kansas um, City. But yeah, that's a, like, I. I almost don't want Belichick unless he comes with McDaniels. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Then you have a known commodity offensive coordinator who's been good, to your point. And who seems to operate all right under Belichick. It's just different when he goes elsewhere. Yep. Um, the most intriguing one to me, if Andy Reid were to retire in Kansas City, how do you think that would work? Bill Belichick in Kansas City. And then, and then I guess by to your point, Josh McDaniels as the OC for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you know, you know, the problem is right now they've got they've got the dream scenario, which is a defensive coordinator who, much like Dick LeBeau back in the day, may not have any designs on wanting to be a head coach again. He's been one you know, already. Spagnolo, yeah, I think Spagnolo. I like, and I've met Spagnolo. He's a really likable guy, and he almost just he almost has that vibe of like a guy's guy who's meant to be a defense like he's he's awesome but might be too awesome of a dude to be an actual head coach in yes. the NFL yeah yeah and I know there was some kind of issue uh whatever the story was but he I, I, I don't know I think he might he might be like Dick LeBeau in that he'll stay in Kansas City and be the defensive coordinator forever so get an offensive dude and um now ironically enough when Mike Tomlin was hired to the Chiefs or to the the Steelers Mike Tomlin was a defensive guy and and he kept Dick LeBeau as his defensive coordinator forever. Good move. Because um, that's how good Dick LeBeau was. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that same dynamic works with Belichick and Spagnolo. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that, that would be an interesting dynamic for sure. Um that's the way, like if the if you feel like Kansas City is chasing your legacy in New England, oh, yeah. that's yeah. what you do. You just jump on board with Kansas City, like, hey, now I've got all my bases covered here. I'm gonna go get three more Super Bowls with Mahomes. <laughs> if I were Belichick, if I were Belichick, and this will tell you exactly why I'm not Belichick, I would be like, I would, I would just like, hey man, like, uh, I, I kind of miss being just a defensive coordinator. I'm gonna go and just actually get to enjoy being a defensive yeah. coordinator. Yeah, call my ball plays. I have a feeling that Belichick and I just aren't wired the same way. <laughs> Maybe just not. Thought. Maybe not. Yeah. All right, pain. That's pain. what uh, I mean. That's what I, I remember talking to Dom Capers about that when he was a head coach yeah. about like the difference between between being a coordinator and being a head coach. And he said that like he, it, there is a part of being a coordinator that's just after having been a head coach, you just feel like almost like a almost like a carpenter that gets to work with his tools again after he hadn't been able to touch his tools. He just you get to actually get down and get into the craft of the thing. Yeah. Instead of all the stuff that comes with being a head coach. All the CEO stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um I paint and pendergast with you on a Tuesday. Um early Super Bowl storylines, including one that makes me say, are we are we really doing this again a decade later? We'll tell you what that is coming up next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, early Super Bowl storylines. Patrick Mahomes chasing Tom Brady. 
Taylor Swift trying to get from Tokyo to Vegas in time for the game. And Seth, one that I heard from at least two outlets in the last 24 hours. We're doing this again, 10 years later, celebrating the 10, I guess it's the 11-year anniversary of Joe Flacco winning a Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Is Brock Purdy elite? Is he elite? Is Brock Purdy? He's an MVP finalist. Hmm. He's a pro bowler. Is Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy elite? I think we learned that Joe Flacco, it turns out, was not elite. Uh, he won a Super Bowl, but he was not elite. He wasn't elite, no, especially given how many interceptions he had thrown in the regular season as well as the playoffs. So it wasn't just a matter of in the in the regular season he did. Yeah, he's uh, he's no longer bowl. he's no longer elite. Yeah, and uh, is is Brock Purdy elite? I don't know. I guess I would put him more in the category of, uh, I don't think he's elite, bona fide elite. He's got to do it for multiple seasons in a row. Yeah. Is he better than Lamar Jackson? He's further in the playoffs. The MVP of the NFL. The MVP of the NFL this year. Well, is he better than? (laughs) I'll say this. He's obviously not more physically talented than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, He came back from a 17 point deficit in a playoff game, which by the way is a record for a conference title game. Lamar Ooh. Jackson fell behind 7-0 and looked like he was the second quarterback of a preseason week one game at times in that game. The, the weird thing about that comeback was that it just seemed like it hinged on a few pretty flukish events, more so than Brock Purdy awesomeness or anything. Um, and not even flukish, but it involved a turnover. It involved that that would-be interception that ended up being a reception to Brandon Ayuk. That might have, now okay that that right there might be the one thing that determines in your mind whether or not Brock Purdy is elite or not. Was it actually a well thrown ball, but there was interference on the play? That's and that Ayuk would have had a shot at you know a fifty fifty ball if not for the interference. You know who was uh, you know who was taking that point of view yesterday? Clint Starner. Who? Clint Starner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 retweeted somebody that that had said that that actually posted the video of the play, like the all twenty two video where you could see yeah. everything of that play. And and I don't know because I don't know if it was interference. That's the thing. Like I I it it looked to me like it was a Vilder the the cornerback's name. He's a backup cornerback on the Lions who was who was covering Brandon Ayuk. Like it looked like incidental contact to me. It didn't look like he was you know he looked like he was playing the ball just like Brandon Ayuk was. He was looking yeah. up at the ball. It, he was as they he, bumped but, into each other. But he was slowing down okay. and then had to speed up. You know, it was it's that whole he was an impediment even okay. that's not if that's not what his intent was. He was slowing down the receiver. Yeah. Well, he threw um, a flag, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they so I don't know. That's uh that's a tough one. And the uh, gosh, I mean likewise the can uh, the, no, I don't want to cross over to the other game. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't think he's right there. Uh, yeah. And as as uh, as a couple of people have pointed out, they hate the elite discussion. I know. Yeah. We we made fun of it, and then we dragged ourselves right into well, it. Well, yeah. We? I mean, I'm posing yeah. this question somewhat tongue in cheek, and, and I and I'm also posing the question. Well, if this you're qu- asking a tongue in cheek, though, then because it's tongue in cheek because he's Be- not elite, obviously. Because or well, he is? well, I don't because I think the whole elite thing. Oh. Okay. I I. I, I it became a meme with Joe Flacco almost <laughs> through yeah, these last yeah. decade. And like, here we are again with a quarterback who is like clearly not at a stage where we should be having this argument. And we're having this argument. I will say this about, and I, and I, I put this out there half tongue in cheek and half as a confession slash mea culpa. I felt like you and I had a conversation last week where 
I may have been, and you certainly, it looked like felt I may have been uh, denigrating Brock Purdy. Oh, yeah. yeah um, to yeah. where I said, I will be very curious over the next year or so if Brock Purdy gets paid. You know, if, yeah. if after year three, which will be next year, especially if he's won a Super Bowl, do they give him a an elite, elite quarterback contract? Or... Do they do what they did with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is try to move on from him, even though he got them to a Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, granted, they did it with Trey Lance, and it didn't work. They just picked the wrong guy. But they've shown that they are willing to do that before. I'll say this about Brock Purdy, Seth. Um, I probably probably am not giving him enough credit for stuff he does outside of the the Kubshanistan comfy ecosystem that gets created – for quarterbacks yeah. there. I, I think his improvisational skills are pretty good. I don't think it's like scary, scary, like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are at times. But I, boy, the way he used his legs in that NFC title game, I thought was something that that's, that's, that's something where you look at, okay, that guy's a good quarterback right there. He I, made, he made some throws and has made yeah. some throws where I go, okay, he's got maybe not an elite level arm, but a good arm. And he's not scared to use it. He's not a dinker and a dunker. He'll throw downfield. So um, I'm not saying I'm all the way there that he belongs on the same tier as the tippy top guys, but he's he's certainly a, a good starting quarterback. I, I think it's tough because look, he's had five playoff games, and just off the top line, if you look at in his five touch his five playoff games, 63 percent completion percentage, five touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, you know, 8.18 yards per attempt, but it's in a. You know, some of it's a little bit lopsided because they beat they beat up on the Seahawks last year. He had three touchdowns, zero interceptions in that game. Beyond that, he hasn't had like a, a genuinely really impressive game in the playoffs. But I think it's just that he had two really bad games that, well, I mean, you look at the NFC Championship game last year, he was injured. He was out yeah. there trying to play with a numb hand. Yep. They weren't passing the ball at all. And I think that almost in some, I think in people's minds when they think about Brock Purdy, they kind of lump that performance in there without thinking too much about it, and and without realizing like, okay, they had gotten to the NFC Championship game, and it, it could have been completely different if he was actually healthy. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I think he's a very good NFL quarterback. He's in the perfect scheme for him. Is that does that mean he's just a system guy or not? I, I don't know until you find out a couple more playoff games and and or a Super Bowl. Well, the problem with evaluating him, especially if you're the 49ers, and you know he's a young player, he's in his second year in the league, and if you hope he's that guy, then he's around for the next decade. Is okay. He's never, never, ever, 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 ever going to have as good a weapons around him as he has right now. I feel comfortable in saying that he's never going to have. Two wide receivers that are Pro Bowl caliber, a tight end who's one of the three best tight ends in football, a running back who is also a finalist for the MVP, and a left tackle who is the best left tackle in football. Like, and a fullback who's the best fullback in football it's, too. It, it feels, in a weird way, it feels a lot like when the Texans extended shop. Yes, you just don't know what to make of them because man, you got Arian Foster, you got Andre Johnson, you got this defense that all of a sudden is playing their guts out. And it was a really good team around Matt Schaub in this Kubiak Shanahan with its system of sorts. And like, okay, just exactly how much of it is tied to the quarterback. I think times have changed since then. That was that was right on the brink of when just every quarterback started getting paid to where the Texans were able to work out a deal with Schaub that they could get out of. You know, it really wasn't it wasn't something that tied them to Schaub forever. 
I don't know if the 49ers can pull that off with Brock Purdy because it's just a, it's a different world now with quarterbacks and veterans when they get their their new deal. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm fascinated to see how this next year plays out in San Francisco. Um especially if they win on Sunday. Like then at that point, okay, if they win and then next year they backslide a little bit and it's because of Brock Purdy, then after yeah. year 3 what are you doing? You know like do you are you rewarding him for a Super Bowl that was a year ago, especially if they win the Super Bowl and it's maybe one of those games that's in spite of Brock Purdy instead of because of Brock Purdy. And the other thing, you know, okay, so he you know he, he's part of that comeback in this game this last week, but that's also when Debo Samuel was healthy and, mm-hmm. and available yeah. compared to, okay, what is he without just, without just Debo Samuel, much less multiple go- members of the, that weaponry. And yeah, like George, George Kittle, you can't trust to stay healthy from year to year. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and they're all just going to get glad old. I'm not a, that's why I'm glad I'm not an NFL GM. It, For, it, it's one of 19 reasons I'm glad I'm not an <laughs> NFL GM. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> oh God, no. Oh no. God, yeah. no. People people ask me all the time like why I didn't go go into coaching and I just like oh god no yeah. that's just me because unless you're that's that's one of those things that's either hell yes or or hell no if you're not hell yes then it's hell no with coaching you got to be one hundred percent balls deep in it <laughs> hey Ben go ahead and uh, dump that Ben yeah <laughs> he did <laughs> okay thank you for dumping Already that Ben that was it, the right sir. choice yeah it was blinking before you told him to dump what I. What I meant to say was, you need to be passionately in favor. Right, of that's what I heard you say. You yeah. got to really feel it in your blood that you need to be a coach, and I've never felt that. So, are you telling me you wouldn't want to be spending this week down in Mobile, Alabama, looking at uh, draft prospects at the Senior Bowl? That's what's going on this week. Senior I, that Bowl. That I would enjoy. Yeah, that part I would enjoy because I'd be able to get out and get some variety mm-hmm. in my life. That would I like if I could do it. Now, if I could string it into just. Um, 50 weeks of doing different things every week. Yeah, it'd be awesome. But I'd, be, I'd just be awful. I would be, I would, I would go crazy as a coach. I would just, I, there's a certain level of um, ability to grind and grind and grind, like through a lot of, like a lot of drudgery and monotony at times that I, I just don't have that ability. It's, um, yeah. Do you watch any of the Senior Bowl stuff? I know I need to watch more of it. I like watching the practices. Yeah. Usually what I end up doing is watching usually it's the offensive and defensive linemen and I end up watching like the individual drills. Um and you go through and I, I just I forever I would get kinda I was against the senior bowl almost because so many of the reports coming out of the senior bowl were so inaccurate. Like the Trevor Penning stuff. I would read all these things about how Trevor Penning was just destroying the senior bowl. Then I go and watch it. I'm like, he's getting his ass beat continually. Yeah. But he's jumping up and then getting in fights after he gets his ass beat. So I've learned I got to separate that from it and actually, yeah, do more of just going back and watching that's it myself. That's part of why I ask is because of the Trevor yeah. Penning stuff from a year ago. Because that's that's that was some of the more entertaining radio. Ago. It was a two yeah. years ago. Yeah, whatever it yeah. was. I mean, that was some of the more entertaining radio. Was you going off on? Trevor Penning every chance you had. Someone's- I didn't even, I felt bad. I didn't feel bad for Trevor Penning because he tried to put that image out there of like yeah. him being this big bad bully My and everything. favorite movie, Saw. Ooh. But it did. It really frustrated me that I saw NFL people themselves like that should know better that were acting like Trevor Penning was this tough guy. And I'm watching him. Like, for it. He was either beating tiny people from his small college conference or he was getting his ass beat at the senior bowl. Yeah. Like he was getting destroyed 
And people were acting like he was a tough guy because after he got destroyed, he would like grab them from behind and pull them down. Yeah, it was, and they're like, that's the kind of stuff that Bill O'Brien looks at and thinks, oh, that guy's tough, right? Like, oh, what are yeah. you looking at? What on earth are you looking at? <laughs> he He's two, getting his ass beat. Two first rounders to move up and take him. Um, PFF on YouTube had Jim Nagy who heads up the Senior Bowl on for an interview. This is the first. Oh, that's a good point. This is the first year the juniors are allowed in the Senior Bowl, so you're going to have some like some of the legit legit guys, presumably. Oh, yeah. Playing in this, playing in this Senior Bowl. I wonder. Yeah, is there more incentive for the juniors too because there's less film on them? Also, that like, okay, you're you're coming out early, but you're still gonna, you still should be proving yourself. Yeah, the, there's probably yeah, a like sweet that. spot for juniors. Like, I, man, I like I doubt Marvin. I I would have a hard time no. thinking like Marvin Harrison's no. playing in the Senior Bowl, that kind no. of thing. Um, NFL teams have control of which players they want to see in the game. One of the players Nagy was discussing was Malachi Conley from Western Kentucky. He sounded like a bigger bodied. Tank Dell, watch the interview if you get a chance. Practices okay. begin today. Okay, good suggestion. That's what I need. I need a list of guys to watch there that would be on the Texans' radar. Maybe Casario will tell us. Hey, which guys are you watching at the Senior Bowl? I, just, I promise that I won't no, say I'm, on the air. This is my biggest uh, – most of you know my biggest objection with the NFL draft is that the majority of these guys suck and will suck forever. Um, and uh, the, you spend a lot of time getting excited about guys who are going to suck. It's fun to the pretend. The vast majority of guys drafted into the NFL this year will suck. <laughs> and uh, and it's almost impossible to really tell who will and won't suck. You shut so your mouth. So that's where it's tough. You yeah. shut now, your this, mouth. I get excited. I do get excited about the potential for guys sure. to not suck. Yeah. yeah, it's fun to dream. It's fun to dream. John Lopez jumping in studio with us. Um, John, which 6'10 personality is most likely to get in trouble at the Super Bowl next well, week. Well, trouble, not legal trouble. Just, just, uh, just general get, chicanery. Get, 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 uh, I, I got to go with Clint, man. Yeah? Uh, I got to go with Clint Okay, Sterner. give me your theory on that. Well, two uh, babies at home. Uh, That's my theory, too. Uh, he's he's, yeah. uh, he's going to be able to cut loose. Um, and I'm not sure he's ready for what's in store for him. He's very naive. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a cute Vegas naivete about him. Yes. Afraid he doesn't know about this whole fentanyl yes. problem? Is that the thing? <laughs> Oh wait, weed is legal. You're gonna, you're gonna look at the. You're gonna see the live stream. Chief, and be Clint on fentanyl. Chief, <laughs> Chief I feel funny. <laughs> Slumped over. Show you got this. I feel funny. <laughs> I think Show's right behind him. Uh, Maybe in, on the list because yeah. because one for both they both have this in common. Ideal hours to get in trouble. Yes. 12 to 4 local time to do a show is Come ideal get in trouble Come hours. Come on now. Um, there's going to be a lot of Kansas City people out there. This is true. And so I feel like there's going to be a lot of people. It just increases the potential for Ron to get dragged into something. Absolutely it does. Those are those are probably the two biggest. Yeah, and, yeah. and I feel like neither of them are strong enough to refuse. No, they're the weak men. They to are them. weak, weak I men. Want, right. I wonder if it was, <laughs> the whole thing about the Kansas City crowd, though, is um, that I think I noticed this in the Houston Super Bowl when the, the Patriots fans are almost kind of blasé about everything. Mm. They're kind of like, yeah. Figured I'd come to another one. So yeah. I wonder if Kansas City fans have gotten to the point where they're kind of like, oh, it's kind of getting to be a pain in the butt, you know? I'd like to take a vacation other than a Super Bowl every now and then. How long until we see Clint Sterner at an ATM machine in a, in a <laughs> casino? <laughs> I think two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren, oh, Lauren what's, the, what's, the, what's the pin on our, on our credit card? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's a $75 surcharge. Got any of those convenience checks or some of the credit card statement? The, the question isn't when do we see his first trip to the ATM. It's when do we see his 
Second, second trip, trip to, to the, the ATM. ATM. Yeah. Yes, that's the big one. All right, uh, you're listening to KILT and KILT HD2 and Odyssey Station Crosstalk. Brought to you as always by DNM Leasing. Seth, antibodies to you, my friend. Antibodies, antibodies, and green dust Doritos to you. Thank Sean. you, my friend. And fentanyl, man. It's called salsa verde to the people yeah. out there. All right, we had fentanyl, <laughs> fentanyl flavored Doritos. We're done. We're out of time. Uh, we will see all of you tomorrow. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 